Welcome to Power of the Cross Radio. The following program is from Joseph Larson of Sun Life Broadcasting Network, preaching a message titled, I am not leaving until we get to Jordan. To download a copy of this audio file, go to grenadachurch.com forward slash sermons. If you have your Bibles, why don't you turn with me to 2 Kings chapter 2 and we'll begin in verse 1. Verse Number one, the Bible says, and it came to pass when the Lord would take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. And Elijah said unto Elisha, tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. And Elisha said unto him, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel, and the sons of the prophets that were at Bethel came forth to Elisha and said unto him, Do you not know that the Lord will take away your master from your head today? That head meaning he was his covering in the sense of being his teacher. And he said, Yes, I know it. Hold your peace. In another translation, don't talk to me about it. I know Elijah's leaving, but don't speak to me about it. And Elijah said unto him, Elisha, tarry here, I pray you, for the Lord has sent me to Jericho. And he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. And the sons of the prophets that were at Jericho came to Elisha again. And, and he, they said, Know ye not that the Lord will take away your master from your head today? And he said, I know it. Hold your peace. Don't talk to me about it. And uh, Elijah said unto him, Terry, I pray you here, for the Lord has sent me to Jordan. And he said, As the Lord lives and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. And they too went on. And fifty men of the sons of the prophets went and stood to view afar off, and they too stood by Jordan. And Elijah took his mantle and wrapped it together and smote the waters. And they were divided here and there so that they too went over on dry ground. And it came to pass when they were gone over that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I be taken away from you. And Elisha said, I pray you, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, If you see me when I'm taken from you, it shall be so unto you. But if not, it shall not be so. And it came to pass as they still went on and talked that, behold, there appeared a chariot of fire and horses of fire and parted them both asunder. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. And Elisha saw it and he cried, My father, my father, the chariot of Israel and the horsemen thereof. And he saw him no more. And he took hold of his own clothes and he rent them in two. He took up also the mantle of Elijah that fell from him, and he went back and stood by the bank of Jordan. And he took the mantle of Elijah that fell from him and smote the waters and said, Where is the Lord God of Elijah? And when he also had smitten the waters, they parted hither and there, and Elisha went over. And when the sons of the prophets which were to view at Jericho saw him, they said, The spirit of Elijah does rest upon Elisha. The will of God for Elisha was already mapped out by God. 
How many know God's will is already mapped out for us? From the moment God called Elijah, God called Elisha. I know this. I know Elisha became aware that he would be the one to step into the role of the prophet of Israel. What a calling. What a responsibility to be given the oversight of the spiritual lives of others. Amen? I'm sure he became aware of that, but I'm not sure he ever imagined that he would do it alone. Because that's what it would be. The life of the prophet, as for Elijah, is many times a lonely road. The life of the man or woman of God that God has called, it's lonely. You can feel as if there's no one with you. You can feel as though you're in a cave. But I don't know if Elisha ever had understood or grasped that truth, but the text tells us when the time came that God would take up Elijah, that Elisha was aware of it. We've heard of men of God who God has given them a word of wisdom, a word of wisdom speaking of the future things to come. Well, not only had Elijah known that his time was coming, but Elisha knew it as well, and the sons of the prophets. They were, they were so aware of it everywhere they went, and everywhere Elisha and Elijah journeyed, they were telling him, you know your master's going to be taken from you today. So that's the juncture where we're at in this story. Elisha's recognizing, he's even grieving that he would be alone, his master taken from him. But just as his master before him, he would have to trust the ravens to feed him. Amen. Our master's not going to be with us forever if you're getting what I'm saying. There's coming a time where you're going to step out. Where you're going to step into that role that God's called you to step into. And you're going to have to trust God. You're going to have to depend on God. You're going to have to wait at the brook Cherith for the ravens to come. What am I talking about? For supernatural provision. How many know every, every step on the path with God, there is supernatural provision? Hallelujah. It may not look like it, but He sees you, amen? Because you've answered the call. You've come out from your family. Elisha heard of the calling, and he said, I'm going to have a meal with my family. One last meal when Elijah came and called him. And I'm going to sacrifice. He wasn't sacrificing to God. He just The story's telling us he was having one more meal with his family, if you get what I'm saying. And he said, I'm going with the prophet because it was the call of God. I don't know all the reasons why God has us to separate, but I think we know some of the reasons. I don't, I don't know if this is true, but maybe even under the law, there was no answer for sin. And perhaps if they had been a little too close to the world of that day, maybe they couldn't have been the prophet God wanted them to be. Hello? There's still a truth that, yes, it's a lonely road, but it's a sanctified road for those that God's going to use. He separates us from the world. Thank God, though, today, we don't have to go live in a cave for separation. We are separated of the world in Christ. We've been set apart unto God in the cross of Jesus Christ. We're crucified with Him. And we don't have to go the way of the law or the way of not having the Spirit. The Bible says where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We have freedom now. We've been set free now, and we've been called. But it'd be lonely for some of these reasons that I've mentioned. Only 
the faithful remnant would revere him. He wouldn't be revered by most. Only a few would recognize. And Jesus even said there were many in Israel in the days of the famine and the prophet Elijah, but unto none of them was the prophet sent except for Naaman the leper, the Syrian. Even in the days of Elijah's talk about the lonely road, Jesus spoke about it. Even his own people wouldn't come to hear the word of the Lord. So, not only was he going to have to face that type of test, he would have to face it, hello, alone. He would have to face it without Elijah, and he was grieving. He wouldn't even allow the other prophets who knew the same thing to remind him. He would say, don't speak about it anymore. But it's these type of things that I want to talk to you about tonight, and we touch a few of the mountaintop experiences. Only those following closely can find the will of God in a time of transition and change. And they'll find the power of God. Only those who are following closely, hear me tonight, when it gets rough, when things begin to transition, when the prophet is leaving, when God is changing or shaking up our lives, when the doctor comes and says, your daughter's sick, and we don't have an answer, amen? When, whenever the bills are due and you don't have the money, whenever you go through a shift in a job position or, or when you transition from one place to another, or whenever Satan attacks your family, or whenever you're tested and tried, the fiery darts of the evil one come your way, you have not the time to walk away from God. It's time to get as close to God as you can. Like Elisha, who said, I will not leave you. How many know the call of God is, follow me? I will not leave you. And the sermon title I want to give tonight is, I'm not leaving until we get to Jordan. I feel that as I say it. I'm not leaving until we get to Jordan. How many know there's a Jordan for every one of us? Jordan in the Bible is a moment where the will of God is revealed. Jordan in the Bible is a place of power. It's a place of God's Spirit. It's a place of revelation. It's a place of translation. It's a place of the filling of the Holy Spirit. It's a place of the call of God upon your life. And we're all called to Jordan. But we're not all following. But Elisha did. I'm not leaving. I'm not leaving until we get to Jordan. I wish I had someone in the house who believed in the power of God. I wish I had someone here in Grenada who still believed that God was a miracle worker who still believed that the same Holy Spirit in the book of Acts and the same Holy Spirit that came upon Elijah, that He's here tonight and He's called us and He wants to fill us and He's called us to Jordan. Jesus went to Jordan. Hallelujah. The Israelites crossed Jordan with the ark on the shoulders of the priests as they marched out in front of the people and as their feet touched the water, the water split. Here and there, God is still God at Jordan. Amen? At Jordan, God is a miracle worker. And he's called us, and he wants to show us some things, but we've got to follow closely. I'm not leaving until we get to Jordan. Let's pray tonight. Father, I thank you.
that your word is true and it's living and it never changes. And Lord, I'm asking you tonight that you teach us some things, that you deal with our hearts, that you'd help us to follow the Holy Spirit, that you'd help me to follow the Holy Spirit. I ask it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. I went through some trials as a teenager. Uh, when I say that and I think about all the people, all the Christians really, who have had real trials, I think of mine as very small when I say that. But they were the ones that I faced. And much of what I faced, I call them a trial, it was on my own dumb decisions that those trials were resting. You ever been there? Whether you're at fault or whether you're not, we're all going to face a trial. And I remember my graduation night. I was a senior in high school graduating at FCA. I was miserable that night. I stood on the platform to get a diploma. I didn't know what was coming. I had felt the pull and the tug of the world like never before. Uh, relationships I shouldn't have had. Uh, things that were tugging at my heart. Uh, desires and ambitions that were coming and passing across the, the screen of my life. I was thinking about pursuing, and I, I, I was just struggling. I really was. You ever been in a struggle, spiritual struggle, a drought, uh, a time where you didn't know what in the world you were doing? And that was me that night. But that week, I had to set up my senior table, and they asked me for a scripture that I would put on that table just to kind of commemorate something that was in my heart. And all that week, even though I was struggling and even though I was going through those sinful temptations and the, the bend of the world and the pull of Satan, as he knew I was getting out to a place where I could have made a fool of myself and I was this close to doing so. But the Word of the Lord is sharper than any two-edged sword. And as I set that table up, the Scripture that God gave to me was one that I still live by today. And it was a scripture we're all aware of in Hebrews chapter 11. The Bible says, Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God, rather to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. And he refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He counted it a greater privilege to suffer with the people of God. And that was a scripture that God laid on my heart. And I put that up in my senior table, but that scripture was rolling through my spirit. I was thinking about it the whole time I stood up on that, on that stage and we got done and I saw my friends go off and I knew what some of them were going off to do. But that night, you know where I went? I went to my bedroom, shut the door. I had my cap and my gown still on as a senior in high school and I knelt down by my bed and I cried to the Lord. Because when you don't know what to do, when you're in a time of transition, when there's places you're going, people coming, things leaving, feels like God's taking things from you, it's not time to run away from the Lord. It's time to run to Him. Because it's there that He confirms His will for us. Hallelujah. We have got to have that in our hearts. We've got to have it in our minds. Elisha followed what he could. There are no perfect followers. Hello? Anybody a perfect disciple of Christ? I don't think so. Maybe you think you are, but you're not. You ain't, honey. But every one of us can be faithful to what God and where God has placed us. Hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. It's so good. 
That's, a, that's good. I mean, obviously, it doesn't take a genius to figure that one out. But it took me a long time to figure out that every one of us can be faithful. You mean to tell me I came here tonight to listen to you tell me I need to be faithful? Absolutely. You're not Elisha. But I promise God's worked miracles in your life. You might not know Elijah, but I'm sure you know a man of God. Hallelujah. What are you doing with what you have? We can follow faithfully. And think about it. Elisha, he follows the Lord more than he really followed Elijah. When we're being faithful, I don't care where it is, our eyes are not on men. Amen? Our eyes are on the Lord. And the Bible says even every juncture that they went, Elisha said, as the Lord lives, I will not leave you. I will not leave you. Where did they go? They went to Gilgal. They journeyed to Bethel. They went to Jericho. They went to Jordan. But did you know that the journey that God has you on is of a very high spiritual significance? I don't know why God did it, but many scholars as they study this passage, they say that where Elijah and Elisha traveled, they traversed almost the same trek of the children of Israel that they took in the wilderness. How many know our journey is sacred? you got to get that tonight. If you think God's left you by the wayside and your life doesn't matter and yada, 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 and everything else the devil wants you to hear and listen to, that's a lie. Okay? Bible says our times are in His hands. Amen? He will never leave us nor forsake us. Amen? He has, he has gone before us, the good shepherd. He's, he's tread the path before us. He said, take heart, for I've already overcome where you're going. Amen? And our path is significant. And it's so significant. Think of this. All of the, uh, the, the memorials that these, these places that Elijah takes Elisha to, he takes him to Gilgal. And I want you to know something. God takes all of us to Gilgal. What's Gilgal? Gilgal is the place before Jordan. Hello? How many know we've got to go somewhere before we get to Jordan? You can't follow God until the burdens of the past are left where? Behind you. We hope this message is a blessing to you. We need your help to keep the power of the cross radio going around the globe to carry the message of the cross to the world. To do that we ask for your prayers and financial support. Go right now to GrenadaChurch.com and click on Donate. There you will find a secure means to donate by credit card, debit card or PayPal. Even the small amounts add up to help us continue our efforts to share the gospel. So go right now to GrenadaChurch.com and sow the amount God would have you to give. Now back to the message. Can I say it another way? You cannot serve in God's kingdom until we find the victory that the cross of Christ affords us. And I'm, I, look, we're not all Elijah, we're not all Elisha, we're not all going to prophesy like Elijah and Elisha, but God's called us to do something, amen? We're not all as holy as Paul, but God's called us to be overcomers. And I want you to know, 
you can overcome. And they go next to Bethel. But Bethel was the place where God revealed to Jacob, I am with you, amen? We need to know he's with us. If we're going to follow as we ought to follow, we've got to be assured that we're at Bethel, the house of God, the place of God's presence. And then you know where they went? The Bible said the Spirit of the Lord takes them to Jericho, the place where God gains the victory over our enemies. In many cases, the the route God took them on was the longest route. I know for me, this hits home because I can't follow God if I don't come to Gilgal, allow Him to let the burdens of the past roll away. If I don't go to Bethel and learn that the presence of God is always always, always with me, comforting me, beside me, to my left, to my right, behind me, in front of me, on top of me, below me. I'm in, the, I'm in Bethel. I dwell in the secret place of the Most High God. I dwell there. I live there. And we've all got to journey there. Because if I don't, I may not follow him all the way to Jordan. You know it's true. That thing that you're not letting go of, can stop you from traveling all the way to Jordan. And you know, boy, I feel that. You say, well, why isn't anybody in the church today believing God? Well, maybe as they were on the spiritual journey, maybe some of them, oh, you know them. You've called them. You've talked to You've seen them on Facebook. They got to Gilgal. They learned that lesson. But then they came to Jericho. And their victories had the victory over them. Why? Because it's a little funny just to march. And many of us are trying to fight on our own. That's not how the God of Israel works. If we're going to make it to Jordan, we're going to have to blow the trumpet. When God says blow the trumpet, you know what I'm saying. We're going to have to march around our enemy seven times because God said that's my way of victory. We're going to have, hello, we're going to have to listen in a time of transition where we're going out on our own, where God's saying, I'm not going to be able to leave Elijah with you. You're going to have to learn for yourself. But the Bible says he knew it. It was, he was grieving over every place they went. There was a prophet in Elisha's ears saying, you know, your master's leaving you. He says, would you just shut up? I know. Anybody ever just told somebody, just shut up in the middle of your test? Jericho, where God reveals he's mightier than our enemies. But Jordan is the place where God reveals the power of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says that as they were walking, Elijah looks to Elisha. The waters parted, but Elijah turns to Elisha, and he says to him, what would you have me do for you? before I'm taken from you. He said, Elijah, give me a double portion of your spirit. I'm talking about your journey. I'm talking about your test. Because listen, our faithfulness, our faithfulness is going to be tested just like Elisha's. Amen? We're going to travel with God and his prophet, and we are going to be tested like Elisha. But again, in a time of transition, we're going to have to listen closely to the voice of God if we're going to maneuver successfully through that transition. And sometimes we don't have what we need because we're not asking. 
Give me, he said, a double portion of your spirit. Sometimes we don't have because we aren't asking in faith for what is ours. And why do I say for what is ours? Because the double portion, we many times we emphasize that Elisha performed double the miracles that Elijah performed. Amen? And some of that is true. And, but, but in some ways, and don't take this the wrong way, there are many ways, and some scholars say this, that that can be a superficial understanding of that verse. That, oh, he was double the man that Elijah was. He really wasn't. But, you know, there are some people who ask for those reasons. I want to be double the prophet that you are. I want, I want what you, but that's not Elisha. That's not, I don't believe that's what, you believe that's what he was saying? I don't think so. I don't think he was saying, I want double the anointing. I want to have double what you did. I want to do more than you. I don't think that was what really was in his heart. Because when you study the word double portion, in Deuteronomy 21 verse 17, you know what double portion means? It means an, a double mouth portion. Yes, it does mean double portion. And I'm so smart for telling you that. But what it's speaking of is the eldest son in the house. When his father was leaving the earth, he would ask, and it was in the law, that God would give the eldest son a double portion of all the father had so he could take care of the rest of the family. And that's what I think Elisha was asking for. He wasn't asking to be a better man than Elijah. He was asking God, give me a double portion. And guess what? It was his to ask for. You got to get that tonight. Elisha wasn't asking for something. Yes, the prophet said it's a hard thing that you ask this, but why did he say that? He said that because it wasn't Elijah's to give him. Listen, no man can give you their anointing. You're going to have to get anointing from God but you're going to have to ask for what He's given you. You're going to have to get your eyes off of others, and you're going to have to ask, Lord, give me a double portion of Your Spirit. Amen? Give me, not only for me, we don't ask so we can heap it upon our own lusts. I'm asking You, God, for a double portion because when my spiritual father leaves and I'm left here all alone and i got to preach all my, by myself, And I've got to minister by myself. And there's people that need the Spirit of God. I'm asking for them. I'm asking for me. I need a double portion. I need to take care of the rest of the family. So many of us, we don't receive the anointing. We don't receive the power of God like we're asking for because we're asking for the wrong reason. We don't ask for the anointing so we can be rich. We don't ask for the anointing so we can run a church. Those are superficial Those are things men can see. We don't ask for the anointing so people can talk about us on Facebook. Getting our eyes on things that don't matter, like being in charge or being the one on top. Why aren't we asking for others? Why aren't we asking for the rest of the prophets that are left in the house when Elijah's gone? And yes, it was his to ask for. I'm going to say it again. Many times, we don't have... Because we don't ask. Ask James. He said that you may consume it upon your lust, and you're warring and fighting with others about what they're doing and what God's called them to do, but God has a portion for you. The eldest son was Elisha. He wasn't asking for something that wasn't his. 
by faith, the Holy Spirit led him to that place. Amen. Paul told Timothy, he said, stir up the gift that is in you. Listen, we don't stir up the gift enough. We are walking too close to unbelievers. We are going to the wrong church too many times. And the gifts that God has placed on the inside of you, they're lying there dormant. Because either you don't believe God wants to do it, or you're not asking the right way, or you're not recognizing that God has an allotment, a portion for you. You're not asking to receive for others. You're asking for yourself. But, but Elisha says, what would you have me do? There's a chance there would have never been a ministry of Elisha had he not said, what would you have me do for you? Aren't you thankful for those who encourage us in the things of the Spirit? Aren't you thankful for those? Elisha was. He was so thankful that the thought of losing Elijah was grieving him. Something that illustrates this is found in Luke 11. There's a man who meets another man who's on his journey, and he had nothing to set before him. The Bible says that he came to another one of his friends at midnight, and he began to knock on his door. And he said, that man, you know the story. It was a test of his persistence. Hello? Because of his importunity, the Bible says that that man, after three times telling him, I'm asleep, it's midnight, it's the wrong time, can't get up, my children are with me in bed. But the Bible says because of his importunity, the man got up out of his bed, opened the door, and gave him all the bread that he needed. And then after that, Jesus turned to his disciples and said, How much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them who ask? He wasn't asking for something that wasn't his. I'm not asking you to ask God tonight for something that's not yours. Hello? I'm going to ask you this. Are you a child of God? Are you born again? Is your name written down in the Lamb's book of life? Do you have the blessed hope that one day he's coming back for you? Do you know that you know that you're washed in the blood, the soul-cleansing blood of the Lamb? Do you know that your garments of sin, stained by the blackness of the night and stained by the past of sin and debauchery, do you know that that's gone? Do you know whose child you are? Do you know whose spirit he, that, that the spirit that he wants to give you? That each one of us have been called to something? You have been called. You've been given an allotment. And then he said, it's a hard thing you've asked for, Elisha. But he said, if you see me when I'm gone, it will be yours. Otherwise, not. Now, what's the significance of that? Well, prophets are called seers. They're called seers. And what that was was a confirmation that God had answered his request. But you know how God confirmed it? He allowed Elisha to see what others could not see. He gave him the faith to see what others could not see. Listen, when God calls you and when he places a burden on your heart, not everybody's going to see it just like you see it. That's not wrong. In many ways, when someone has a special touch of God on their life, a calling, there's a way that God paints their picture that is much different than yours. 
Are you following the Lord long enough to even see that picture? And it has the has the test or the trial, has the journey been too hard for you? Has it been something that you've not followed as close to God as you should have? And if he hadn't followed him, think about it, he wouldn't have been in the position to ask. But the moment things go wrong, we stop asking. The moment sin comes, the moment the devil comes, we stop asking for what is God's will for our lives. Is that you tonight? Or are you going to make it to Jordan? Are you going to follow all the way? Are you going to be faithful even when it tests and and your persistence and importunity is tested over and over again? Because you will be tested, amen? Are you going to follow all the way? And are you going to ask for what's yours? He said, if you see me when I'm gone, it'll be yours. There's a double portion for you tonight. The Bible says, you know the story. Elijah was translated, taken to heaven. Fire of God came, the fire of the chariots of Israel and the horsemen of Israel. Elisha cried out. What was he saying? He was saying that the prophet Elijah was the true strength of Israel. We are the only true strength to those around us. We've got to be strong. But he cried out and he tore his garment. And then the Bible says, though, that there was something that was left behind. He looked up. He didn't try to conjure up something that wasn't his. The Bible says there was a cloak, there was a mantle that fell down from heaven right where Elisha was standing. He didn't take what wasn't his, but there was a time where he had to make a decision. Let's see here. Uh, I've heard about Jezebel. I've heard about Ahab. And uh, if I pick that mantle up and I start to walk with what God's placed in my path, I know what I'm going to have to face. I uh, I know how she writes letters. Remember the day that she said, you're going to be dead meat tomorrow, Elijah. And sometimes, hello, we simply don't take up what is literally laying in our lap because we begin to think about all of the tests and all of the struggles and all the things we're going to have to endure to take up that mantle. But I've come to tell you, nobody could take up that mantle but Elisha. I'm not preaching some weird thing to you. I'm just saying no one can fill your shoes. No one can ask for you. No one can follow close to God for you. No one can know deep down what God's given you special revelation to see. And no one can really know that God has a future for you and just quite what that's going to be. But Elisha knew. I mean, come on, by this point, he knows he's not with the other 50 prophets. Amen. They're standing back watching, but God had taken Elijah and God had taken Elisha and said, let's cross over the Jordan. And on the other side of Jordan, he asked for a double portion. And on the other side of Jordan, he saw what no one else could see. (laughs) At the Jordan River, the Holy Ghost will give you faith to believe God for the miraculous When you cross over the tests and the journeys with the prophet, he's going to let you see what other men cannot see. And he's going to let you experience a desire, a deep burning desire for the things of God. And he's going to give you a heart for sinners. And he's going to give you revelation into his word. But you've got to follow to Jordan. And he there, the Bible says, the mantle fell. He took it up. So yes, simple truth, but you're going to have to take up what God has called you 
to do. That is a very large decision. Because right now, tonight, you could choose to walk out those doors and stop walking with Jesus. But you're going to have to ask yourself, am I ready to take up, not what he's called others to do, but I see a, I, I see a mantle falling out of the sky, and it's coming my way. What was that mantle a type of? Well, no, God hasn't called us all to be Elijah or Elisha, but he has left you something. He has left you his word. He has given his inspired word so that you could know his promises for you. Amen? And he has left, believe it or not, I know we've got people that don't believe the Holy Spirit still moves today, but he has left the Holy Spirit for you. You know something? You could be as close to God as you'd like to be tonight. That's what the Bible says. It fell his way. He wasn't calling on Elijah. The Bible says that Elisha asked, where is the Lord God of Elijah? You know what truth that is? If you're going to be used by God, you're not just going to have to follow after those things. You're going to have to get to know God. Because the burning desire in Elisha's heart, he was not just asking to be used of God. He was asking for God. Don't ask for what I can do for you. Seek my face. Seek who I am. Seek my provision for you. You know what's interesting about that truth? What's interesting about that is this. I was studying this passage. The Lord had led me here a couple weeks ago. And when you study about Elisha's life, did you know the verse just prior to his calling says this? I'm the only one. But then the Holy Spirit in that still small voice spoke to Elijah. You know what he said? Just before the calling of Elisha, he said this, I've reserved 7,000 in Israel who have not bowed the knee to Baal and who have not kissed the calf. Oh, you're going to be tempted and tested to bow the knee to Baal. But it's only those like Elisha who say, where is the Lord God of Elijah? If you will get to know the God of Elijah, then maybe God will begin to use you. Maybe not exactly, but he will use you. Maybe like we sing the song, we're going forth in the spirit of Elijah, praying a prayer that brings about change. We are believing that in the name of Jesus, mountains shall be moved and the dead shall be raised. Maybe then you'll begin to believe him for what he's called you to do. Where's the Lord God of Elijah? And then the prophets looked and they saw, and the Bible says that they said, Look, the same spirit that was upon Elijah is now upon Elisha. What that was saying was, if it worked for Elijah, it will work for Elisha. Listen, if it worked for William Seymour, it'll work for Joseph Larson. If it worked for Oral Roberts, it'll work for me. If it worked for Jimmy Swaggart, it'll work for me. We don't need to go a new path. We don't need to find a new way. The same spirit that operated on Elijah can operate on you. And God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The same God that, that burned in evangelists to cross over the Atlantic and preach the gospel to foreign nations, he will burn in you. 
I'm here to tell you, it's not just happen chance they did that, but the Holy Ghost doesn't change, and he wants to call you and move in your life the same way that he touched them. And then one day someone will say, the Spirit of Jesus Christ is upon you because you've recognized, hey, it's my right It's my right to look in the heavens and say, Father, give me a double portion of your spirit. Why? Because he said, greater works shall you do because I go to my Father who's in heaven. But maybe we're not asking because we failed on the journey, and maybe we're not asking because we've got our eyes on something else God hadn't called us to do. But I'm just asking you if you're going to join me in following him all the way to Jordan. Because there's a Jordan for you. There's a place where he's going to reveal his spirit. You believe that? There's a place where he's going to confirm his calling on your life. We've just got to be faithful. And in the midst of transition, we've got to follow him and understand what his will is for us. This brings us to the end of the message. We pray that it has been a blessing to you. If you have prayer requests, visit us on our prayer page at GrenadaChurch.com. If you have questions, comments, or would like to request a free New Testament study Bible, drop us a line at info at grenadachurch.com. Thank you again for listening and may God bless you and keep you. Be sure to join us again soon here on Power of the Cross Radio. Power of the Cross Radio is a production of Cross Faith Ministries. All right reserved.